0: Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica Podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms, and also Let's Connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica Podcast partner, AFRI. AFRI is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry and infrastructure are you ready for a new episode let's go for it today we have a great guest true leader i believe in him we have the honor to welcome you jonas gustafsson the ceo at a3 to urbanistica podcast hey and welcome jonas
1: Thank you so much, Mustafa, and thank you so much for having me on your great podcast.
0: It's a big pleasure. How are you doing, Yunus?
1: I'm doing very well, actually. Uh, obviously, times are still a bit crazy with the pandemic, but I'm doing well. Nice. How was your summer vacation? You're just back? Yeah, I'm just back. It was it was really great. Uh, I had a good summer. Um, uh, obviously, it felt very short, but uh, <laughs> I could, uh, you know, enjoy some good time with my family and... Um, and time at, uh, you know, doing a bit water sport and things that I love.
0: That's awesome. So now you're like fully charged when you season
1: Yes, I am really fully charged.
0: Did, did you get your second uh, vaccine shot?
1: I did. I did that uh, just before I went on vacation. So I think it's more like four or five weeks back and nice. it felt very good. Nice. Uh, I could um, meet my parents a bit more and uh, meet, 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 meet a bit more friends and feeling a bit more safe. Yes. Yeah. Still, still. Having a lot of restrictions. I can
0: can imagine. How is it now at AFR? Is the office open again or what is the situation?
1: Well, obviously it differs uh, between different countries. Um, And we we say, I mean, in general, you need to follow local regulations. And we know that the situation is very different in different countries. I mean, we have Sweden, but we have Brazil and others. But uh, in general, we continue as we have done uh, before vacation. And um, for example, in Sweden... I think the general guideline is that we will continue to work home-based until end of September following the general uh, recommendation. And then we will see, I guess, because uh, now um, kids are getting back to school and I guess they are a bit um, seeing how will the vaccine play out. uh, The Delta version, will we have a fourth wave? And we just need to hang in there. I know people really, really, really would like to go back to work in the office and meet friends, but we just need to follow that for another few weeks and then step by step we will probably guide ourselves back to office work even though with more flexibility than ever before.
0: Yeah. How would you like to work? Are you going to work from home? Are you going to work from the office?
1: Well, I guess it becomes more and more clear that most companies are looking at some kind of hybrid model. I mean, we are a company that should lean into the future, making future. So for sure, we want to offer flexible workspace. Uh, I think it's great. We have shown with a full... Full uh, scale experiment that we can do it, then I guess everybody starts to understand that you cannot just sit at home. You need to meet your colleagues, you need to meet clients, you need to meet physical. But the best combination of both will probably be the way forward. And we will try to figure that out in the next couple of yeah. months. I, th-
0: I think this is the journey that we are going to do, like to figure out what is, what is flexibility for hmm. us. How many days at home, yeah. how many, end, yeah. and why should I stay and work from home?
1: But it's pretty cool what we have done then. And, you know, if somebody would ask me before the pandemic, would this work? I probably would have said, no, it should <laughs> not work. But it, it actually worked. It's actually uh, uh, yeah. better than we thought, at least. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, Jonas, you're our storyteller for this episode. Mm. I would love, and the listeners from 110 countries would love to know more about you. How would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us about your passion.
1: Mm. Well, um. Well, I'm now the CEO of Avery, but uh, I'm a, I'm a guy born out on the forest side in Sweden, actually far away from Stockholm, and um, uh, where my passion when I was growing up, uh, this was really out where you could do not more than sport. I did a lot of cross-country skiing and and, and stuff like that, and uh, I'm coming from a family that not really have a academic history. It's more entrepreneurs and farmers, and uh, I did not have that clear. You know, direction I want to be a CEO. That that basically happened uh, step by step over the years. I I'm a passionate guy and I want to challenge myself. I want to drive things, and, and that led me to where I am today. So, but um, I'm I'm I like sports in many forms.
0: Yeah. yeah, and talking about passion, when did it start? Was it when you were like young during university?
1: I, I probably always was. Ha, I, I probably always had a bit of passion in me. Uh, I mean, for a long period, it was sport, and then other things. So um, I would say that I am a passionate guy. And then, of course, the passion changed a bit yeah. over the years. But uh, um, yes, I was always, I think, a quite passionate. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: And now you are the CEO of Afree. So can you give us a highlight about AFRI?
1: I think Avery, obviously, I'm have, I have a stake <laughs> in it. I think Avery is one of the coolest company around. I mean, we are sixteen thousand amazing uh, people in Avery employees uh, with a lot of different skill sets. I mean, we have a lot of engineers with all kind of skills, but also designers. We have, we have, we have a we have a quite diverse employee base, which I love. I mean, I did twenty years in the manufacturing industry, fantastic years, very, very global operations. I think coming to, to Afree, I I I really like that you meet people with so much different knowledge. And of course, when we combine that, I think we are maybe a company that can meet the future challenges in change, in transition, maybe in the best way.
0: So so do you do you say that like Afree is unique by its like diverse people and the different knowledge?
1: I think what makes all companies a bit unique is the history you you carry, the people you have, the vision you have, the values you have. And if you combine that with AFRI now, with our history of being a 120-year-old company, a lot of acquisitions, having an industrial heritage, at the same time growing into infrastructure. um, We have done some significant acquisitions, obviously the one with Pöyri a couple of years back, Making us now a leader in the Nordic and embarking on an in international journey, I think that makes us unique. Then, mm. and then of course, I really would like us to be one of the most forward-leaning modern companies in the world. I want us to make future. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And we will talk more about this journey that uh, Avery is doing actually now. Mm. And I would love. I'm, I'm interested to know what is what what's your like daily task as a CEO.
1: Hmm. Uh, it's a good question. And Apart from
0: uh, <laughs> uh, recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, this is a unique, and uh, I do this not that often. It's actually only my second time, and, uh, and you are a good reason for that. So. Thank you so but, much. Um, well, I think more and more um, when, you bec- when you get these leadership roles, one big part of my task is to make others being succe- successful, to, to make the right preconditions for the organization and people around me to be successful. So obviously we work a lot of strategic themes. It's a lot on the agenda related to M&A and where do we invest in the future? Uh, how do we develop our, our business models? But I would say also in AFRI, very people-driven business, it is very much about creating the preconditions for people to be successful. Um, I think that is my major, uh, major kind of job. And then, of course, there's a lot of governance issues and we are a listed company and we need to follow code of conduct. So there's a lot of kind of policies and frames around that. But if you simplify it, <clears throat> if we can create structure when people can thrive, where people can be successful, we as a company will be successful.
0: When you say people,
1: yeah, who do you mean? Well, I mean all people, uh, not only managers, uh, not only the ones reporting to me. I actually mean all people. And especially within AFRI, since we are a knowledge-driven company, a lot of engineers and designers and others with, you know, extreme good, high level of skills. I think it's all about how do we make sure that we get the best out each of our employees. Mm. So... um, that, that is, and it's not. It's easy said, and it's of course uh, <laughs> I can one of the big leadership tasks for all of us on all levels. How can we as leaders make sure that our employees can, that we can d- get the best out of our employees?
0: Exactly. And is it difficult to lead a company that has both architects, landscape architects, urban designers, engineers?
1: Um uh, I, I mean, it is challenging to be a leader in, in, I mean, I've been in in companies like ABB and Bombardier and Sandvik before I joined AFRI. And they are, you would say, all of them have been more global uh, manufacturing companies, but at the same time, maybe more uh, focused on, on different segments. And AFRI, we are a quite broad company, as you said, um, with a lot of different competences and offering. That makes it, uh, I wouldn't say difficult, but in some areas more challenging, especially when we grow. Uh, what do we focus on? Where do we invest? Because we have so many opportunities. Yeah. So I think it's more about selecting opportunities, but I think it, it is making the job fun. Mm. And it gives me energy every day that wideness of competence and uh, people. And of course, we have diversity and inclusion as one of our, you know, big part of our DNA is who we are. And that makes me also extremely happy to see how we can use diversity and inclusion to actually support the growth journey of AFRI. Mm.
0: Exactly. And I, I see you, you like to challenge yourself. so mm. Yes. And now you're in a big challenge. So yes, <laughs> I think you're enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I do. And I think when you talked about passion, I think going back to the, did I think, the Things I did in sport growing up and all the decision I made, I like to challenge myself. And I, I came to, I came to peace with that because sometimes I said, "Why can't I, you know, relax a bit?" But <laughs> yeah. I guess that's who I am. I like to be challenged. I also like to drive change, and I also like to, to see how we and the organization can can mm. move forward. Yeah,
0: and I can see like this energy is coming out from you, like when you talk, when you walk in the corridor, and so on. So, back to Afri. AFRI is well-known for the engineering part, Mm. and now we are talking about design. Mm. Do you give the designers enough space to grow at Uh, AFRI?
1: I'm I'm sure we could do more. And uh, of course, since we are a heavy engineering company, as you say, it is easy that that part gets the most attention. I absolutely believe that the combination of design and engineering is the way forward. So probably we could do more, but we have, um, we, we are doing more and more to support growth in design because we believe that design in all its forms, uh, together with engineering, is one of the combinations that makes actually a free. And our kind of company is very unique, that we can offer that in combination. Mm.
0: But why you cannot just only focus on engineering? Why you wanted to combine it with design? Like, what's the point?
1: I think not not only for AFRI, but actually if you go back to traditional product engineering companies, even they understand more and more that design in all its forms. That can be digital design, but it's also physical design becomes more and more important. And me, I I was working for many years as production and operation managers in factories. And you can say, "What, what does a factory have with design? But actually more and more about driving an operation in a factory, you need to think of design colors, how you can uh, see waste, and, and all of that. So and then, of course, simple examples like uh, innovations when a product design, you realize that design can actually change uh, a lot of things. So, I mean, we learn more and more. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now moving into more and more the digital space, it's it's super interesting to see how design and engineering in the digital space, can uh, work together. Yes,
0: exactly. This is like the, the new journey. Yeah. And talking about leadership, how do you lead the company? Like, what are your leadership elements?
1: Well, um, I, as I said, I truly, with the years I've done now as a leader, 25 years something, uh, I truly learn more and more that it's less and less about me and more about, as I said, my way of. Um, enabling others to um, to um, to grow and uh, be successful. Uh, then, of course, my way of leading, obviously, as you said, I, I normally have a lot of energy. I have learned over the years that listening becomes more and more important. I guess if you would meet me 15 years back, I was <laughs> even more having clear opinions about what's right and wrong. Now I realize more and more that there are different ways of doing things. So I think... Listening, but also trying to be active and uh, you know listening to different levels of normalization, and that has been a bit of a challenge, especially in the initial part of the pandemic. That when you don't meet people in in uh, at the coffee machines or traveling around, there was a feeling that you know you uh, that I was uh, you were a bit locked out. You know, you had hundreds of teams meeting, but it was not so easy to to feel how the organization was doing because missing the the, the physical meeting now i introduced something called coffee with and that was mm-hmm. a nice concept where we invite um, different groups in the organization independently to have just a coffee session, you know, and talk about whatever comes up, just for fun. Just yes, for fun, and uh, of course, some of them maybe felt that they were obliged <laughs> to be there because the CEO wants <laughs> to have a, which was not the case actually. But mm. some of those discussion was very helpful. But I think to be active, to be visible, of course, you need to set vision and clear objectives, and uh, and then again, then make as much as possible preconditions for other leaders to be successful
0: mm. and, and what is the key to to, to success in leading a big company that has both designers and engineers
1: mm, what is the key i think <laughs> as more diverse the organization is you need to understand that you can you cannot detail um you can't detail the journey so you need to feel and understand to what level do you set the framework, so to say. And, and you talked about AFRIM being a diverse company. I think that is something that we every day are, are looking at. How 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 um, strict, how, how should the boundaries look like uh, to make sh- sure that the organization goes in one direction? Because it, at the one hand, we can't just run around. So I think um, a key is to be, uh, driving towards a common objective, a common vision, but not making it too detailed. Hmm. We need also to uh, get the power from our employees. So some of the answers where to go is not coming from me, it's actually coming from the organization. So that kind of optimal balance yeah. uh, and it is especially important right now and because we are in so many, we are in a changing time. I mean, I guess people have said that for many years, mm. all generations has, but I would probably say that maybe now more than ever, driven from the climate crisis, all the disruptive change, that right now there's a lot of things happening. Mm.
0: Do you see it as, as a big challenge, like the destination, the border?
1: Of course there's a flavor of challenge, but there is more of opportunities. I absolutely believe that the times we are in right now A company like AFRI, we do not have uh, hardware products in our portfolio. We don't have a lot of factories that we need to balance and fill up. We have a lot of skilled people. And with this changing time, that must be the best position to be. Because Mm. we could lean into the future more than ever. I think challenges is for many companies that need to protect a bit the old You know, if you're a big company and you have invested for 50 years Mm. in hardware and factories, it's not so easy to just say, let's leave that and go into the next. They are still defending a bit the old business model. Like the system. Yeah, and there is a flavor of that in all organizations, Mm. even in AFRI, all business models and so on. But we are more than most companies eager to go into the future and that's that's amazing that's what makes this job so great
0: but this is also about innovation no like to reinvent yeah, yeah, your yeah. business model yeah
1: yeah and i think even in a service company like ours we need to in, 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 innovate i mean our clients expect new things from us mm. they expect maybe that we do more full scale projects that we can take on some risk on ourselves they expect more expertise they expect us not only to say what they want us to do, they also want us to use our competence mm. to tell our clients what we, sh- we should do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. So take us behind the scenes. What are the challenges that you, you are facing in leading AFRI?
1: Uh, well, I think one challenge um, is, of course, how do we make sure that AFRI is um, the most attractive uh, company to start to work at? And how do we keep people in free? End of the day... As for all companies, you are never better than, than your, your employees. So I think um, we need to, to, to offer to our employees the, the, the most fantastic journey they can be in, you know, to, to, to grow as persons, to grow in their competence areas, to be able to change, to do international assignments. Obviously, we are a company that is moving fully into sustainable solutions. But for sure, there is a high competition to hire the best people. And then I think we are a company that has been growing fantastic over the years and that has made us now the company we are. And of course, to to make sure that we can continue on the growth journey, uh, that we grow. And that means that we need to grow more internationally than we have done before. We need to, uh, and of course, another big topic is digital is actually changing a lot the whole digitalization so it means that we will invest more in di- di- digitalization also in our offering mm. so we have created something called a x and we want to climb the value chain we want to so there's a lot of challenges but I would probably see them most of them as great opportunities mm.
0: aery has different offices in different countries mm. Mm. how is the culture like do you do you have a, a common culture Afri-culture, or is it different, like let's say Mm. in Russia, in Sweden, in in Brazil?
1: I believe that in all companies becoming more international and down the road, even some of them are are becoming more global, you need to drive a common company culture, but you will always have local dialects (laughs) because you are in that country. So I, I know that our Brazilian business for example that is now starting to be around 1000 employees so we are a significant wow. player in brazil of course there is a brazilian culture mm. but i also know meeting fabio and the team in brazil that they like the airy uh, vision mission values and all of that mm. and, and when you go to brazil you will be surprised how how well they uh, how much they like our nordic way of doing things but mm. of course to be successful in Brazil, you also need to play yeah. the Brazilian culture. Exactly. So I think that that good balance between having a, a framework, a, a company culture that you can be proud of, and at the same time use the local culture. Exactly. And that marriage in between is, of course, the nice one. And the same goes for our business in Germany, in Switzerland, in Denmark, even in Norway, of course, you have this culture adoption. Yeah.
0: So it's like the, the the mix and the harmony between the, the international... Yeah. And the local.
1: Yeah, and I think this one size fits all. I think many companies have realized that that does not really work, that diversity also in that area is, is what drives business and what makes life mm. fun. But of course, we, we have some clear um, guiding uh, gui- gu- guiding principles or values that we said, if you want to be in free, this is what we stand for. Yeah, And that is... Something that goes across all businesses, mm. and we are not so. For example, our values and mission and vision—that's that's the same for all. Yeah. So,
0: you mentioned sixteen thousand employees. Mm. How do you listen to them? Do you do you listen to the junior one that just joined a section, to the boards, to the seniors? How how do you do that?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, and some. T- I mean, that is something that I think you, as a leader, always need to think of and i think you will never reach perfection because obviously if i listen only to my closest team you will hear one part of the story so i think you always need as a leader to keep the ear as much as possible uh, feeling the whole organization it's not so easy and especially in this i think in the covid times i i felt it more because i'm of course brought up in especially when I was in in the last 10 years in Sandvik, a lot of traveling. Mm. Of course, traveling is really great because you meet people. Now we know that traveling, it's not the solution or everything. So we need to use these digital platforms Mm. to uh, partly replace that. And that's, of course, in one way great because you could be in Brazil in the morning and you (laughs) can be in the U.S. in the afternoon. True. Uh, but I, I am just saying that it is important for me and for all leaders to, of course, listen uh, you, to your direct report. But it is equally important to find different ways of keeping the ear on the ground hmm. uh, more broadly than just your closest. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying. It's not so easy, but but I'm trying. Yeah,
0: it. it's like the one with the coffee meeting.
1: It's a bit with the coffee meeting <laughs> and and, uh, and so on and. Uh, Sometimes you just need to uh, make sure that your calendar have those um, uh, slots where you spend time on listening because it's easy, t- as we all know, to get caught up in, in yeah. these meetings.
0: And you you mentioned now the pandemic and the leadership. Mm. So how do we take care of our people during the pandemic, like with the digital leadership?
1: I think uh, our organization and the local countries and and have done a fantastic job i am surprised how well of course we have people also centrally supporting them but i have been surprised how well it's gone on the overall level then of course we could always be better but i think um um, we we did put some general framework together but then we allowed also different countries and offices depending on where they were uh, to act a bit different. I mean, even in Sweden, Stockholm area was more affected from, from, from the COVID in the beginning. And then we had local offices in Sweden where you did not have it in mm. the beginning. Um, and I think that's been a success. Uh, but at the same time, we said safety is priority number one. Yeah. And we we say that if you don't feel safe at your, the workplace, first of all, we said, let's go home. We will work from home. That was across all borders. Mm. And then uh, if you need to go back to office, you need to make sure that you can do it in a safe way. If not, you should stay at home. And we had quite a few problems, actually. A few here and there where there was some discussions of that. But in general, considering the size, Mm. it's been more smooth than than I
0: thought. Well done.
1: Yeah, and I think it's not only, I mean, we did it good, but I think many companies Mm. have done it a good way. But Mm. I'm very happy with every way of doing
0: things. Yeah. That's amazing. And now you mentioned so many wise words. And talking about leadership, I want to ask you like a question. Mm-hmm. Leadership, is it something related to a position or it's something related to, to an individual? Like, will I become a leader if I attend the course, leadership mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. and then I, I, I finish the course, get the diploma, congratulations, you're a, a leader. Does it work like this?
1: Or To be a leader, I think you, you can be a leader without being a manager so so that's maybe part of the answer i think we all know that you have people that are born leaders uh, so independent what position they have in a company they can actually lead and people will listen to them then of course you can decide to do a manager career and you will also as like when you're born some people are born to be a good uh, soccer player but we also know that with more training they will be better so i think even a good leader doing trainings will be better leaders i um, then of course I think there is, I try to see it as a, 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 two sides. You have leadership and you also have the more formal manager things. You mm. need to do budgets and salary discussions and you have a lot of responsibility as a manager, but then leaders, you need to inspire and you need to coach and you need to listen, and you need to care for your employees and you need to find the best balance in both of them. My answer is that I think everybody in a way, uh, can be leaders. Uh, and then you can add on then to decide, I want to be a manager, yeah. and then you will get a formal. Uh, and I think it's very difficult to do a manager career if you don't like to be a leader. Ah. So I don't think you can compensate. I normally say that to be a manager is a tough job. And if you don't like it, like the people interaction, mm. it's quite seldom that the payment, the salary is compensating for that. Mm. Because... I think if you're not passionate for for leading and have all the challenges and opportunities being having a a team around you, Mm. I think probably you should do maybe a specialist career or decide for something else. Exactly.
0: So everybody could be a leader. Yeah. It's not, you don't need to be a manager to be a leader. No,
1: no, no, no. And I think we need a lot of leaders. Mm. um, There are people who likes to be leaders, but not managers. And that's fine. Yeah. Very
0: interesting talk about leadership and now you're leading a company in making a future. And in this podcast, I talk a lot about our cities now mm. and tomorrow cities. Mm. Smart cities. Mm. How do you define a smart
1: city? Well, this is this is these are interesting questions. And I can tell you before joining Afridan for five years, four four years plus back, this was not so much from my thinking, because as you might know then I've been in the manufacturing industry, and I love that that uh, that I now um, have the chance to really think of the bigger topics or big topics. And I've been had some good people then guiding me into that. Uh, Thomas Sandell, Helena Paulson, and of course we defined then the future city idea. Then uh, and of course we see the future city more than the technicalities because of course the smart city as IBM was launching after financial crisis, all about how do you make a city smart. We we like that because there's a lot of technology that will make life better. But of course, if you purely pour in technology, you will get crazy. <laughs> you also need to figure out how do you make a city livable? And Helena Paulson makes it very good to me. She also says, how do you make sure that you want to sit down and have a glass of wine and just enjoy it? and. When I start to look on cities like that, I like that thought. So why is, for example, part of New York City that is a bit chaotic, really enjoyable? Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, when I go to this, I travel a lot in China, you go to some of these greenfield cities that are extremely efficient, but they feel completely cold. Mm-hmm. So I guess to find this optimal balance, because clearly with all the challenges we have in cities, uh, we need to use technology. The whole transportation question and and, and 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 energy and house and but at the same time, how do we build house to en- en- enable sun the sun to go down? How do we create enough green areas that I truly like with cities? If there's one place I am attracted to in a city, mm. maybe it is because I'm born in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the green areas. Probably yeah. most people do. If it's Central Park or if it's uh, or if it's, uh, you know, I like the green areas and I realized in some cities when they don't really have that, I don't feel that comfortable. Mm. So, but I think this balance between making cities livable and nice from, a in, uh, you know, at the same time using smart technology to to meet all the climate mm. I guess yeah. so
0: it's not about only about the machines no, it's about no. people no, as no. well
1: yeah yeah. and that I honestly that is something that before joining Avria probably was more on the machine side yeah, yeah yeah you know I saw I saw the city as a factory <laughs> I mean you know how do you optimize it do you have this and of course I realize it's not it's not a factory it's the opposite uh, hmm. you, you really need to pay attention to how do you make it nice
0: yeah for people
1: yeah for people yeah and I, I mean, I learned so much here in AFRI. And these are simple things that probably all our architects or designers <laughs> really know. But if you just uh, take a, a kid, you, you have the kids are not high. And what do a kid see? Or mm. what, does it, what, what does a person see when you go into a city? And these are things that I I think of more and more being in a city yeah. that I never thought about before.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I work a lot also with the We call it a city of eye level for kids. Yeah. And like this ninety centimeter, yeah. what do you see? Yeah. What the kids yeah. see? And,
1: and, and so, so that's for me again. Then coming into a amazing things that you can learn and realize that there are so much more things. So you you
0: don't call it a smart city, you call it a fu- future city.
1: Future city that was the concept that we developed a couple of years mm-hmm. back to to try to balance this technology part, but also the, how do you create cities that are likable to live in? Yeah. To get this, you know feelings that, yeah. that some of these fantastic cities that we know can give you.
0: Yeah, and now I, I, I will tell you something cool because we talk a lot about livable cities mm. and now we talk about lovable cities, mm. like a city with mm. love. Mm. So this is also like a new what do you call it, term that oh, into that's our nice cities, term. yeah, like a lovable,
1: lovable city. Yeah. I remember that.
0: Exactly. So how can AFRI contribute in the making of future cities? Like, what what do you bring to the table?
1: uh, You said it before. I think that the fact that we can combine the the deepest technology, AI, uh, you know, all the engineers on one hand, but at the same time that we have the design capability and even people spending the time in understanding how do you make a lovable city. Mm -hmm. The fact that we can cover both, I think makes us a bit unique. Mm -hmm. But also that we are very much aware of it. That If you think of some of those companies that that developed the smart city concept, they probably did that just to be able to sell their technology. Mm. And uh, obviously we do not have so much equipment to sell. We sell the fact that we can look on the more conceptual city. Uh, So I think that makes us then a bit um, equipped for that. Mm.
0: And how does AFRI respond to the climate change?
1: Yeah, yeah. we adjusted our our mission a year ago um, uh, that we really want to be the company that accelerates the transition towards a sustainable society. Because being six, having sixteen thousand engineers and designers in, in abroad, looking on wh- what our clients are asking for, it is absolutely clear that the climate challenge is something that everybody needs to to have some kind of uh, relation to. And we see more and more that our clients have to adjust to it. And it starts to be going faster and faster. Then the big question is, will it be fast enough? But right now, we are pushing. And we get also from different segments a pull to it. So I can just see it in the four years I've been in Africa that it has changed just in four years. And that makes me positive. And at the same time, I guess Mustafa, looking around us now with the, the, the forest fires in Europe and flooding and, and a lot of reports come out. They can you can you can easily be very concerned, current um, concern. Mm. But, uh, you know, we are pushing in all areas. Uh, and of course, we have, for example, our energy division. We took a decision uh, to to leave new uh, CapEx products in the coal area. Uh, And um, yeah, we are pushing as much as we can to move AFRI's offering into sustainability. Mm. Uh, I'm positive because I see steel industry, automotive industry, obviously. There is a lot of shifts going on right now. Mm.
0: So there is a hope.
1: There is absolutely a hope, but Equally, I'm concerned. I had lunch with my my daughter. She's 19 and very much uh, she's very much on top of that. And uh, listening to her, and she's the generation. Then, of course, yeah. If we had the di- dialogue, and she said, "I'm concerned," at the end, and it's it's di- it's difficult to not agree with her. But um, when I listen to her power, I also get a lot of hope. Yeah. But then the question is, the political p- politicians are they able to put frames, guidelines in the same way, regulations. We have a lot of parts of the world that still do not have electricity. Mm. And how do we make sure that that the way they will generate electricity is done in a sustainable way? Exactly. Because it's easy for us in the Nordic and in in Sweden to say, ah, let's think sustainability. When we have part of the world we just want to make their life a bit
0: better. Exactly.
1: So we need to have a global holistic... uh, And I think the... The industry are moving there, but we have to also hopefully get the p- political part also uh, because we need to get cl- the customers, mm. the consumers, but we also need regulations from a political level to make it fast enough. Mm.
0: Because now you're mentioning the political mm. part. I do m- many podcasts, talk p- mm. to people from different countries like planners, architects, mm. engineers, and sometimes I, he- I hear this phrase, Ah, uh, we cannot do an impact. It's all about politics. It's it's mm. a political game. We cannot change it. Mm. What is your reflection about this?
1: Well, I truly believe we can change, and I I think you, we see it now that there is a lot of change that is coming, and there is actually nothing to do with politics. Um, and I think, I mean, there are many great examples close to us now. If it's, um, I mean, I think automotive industry. Going full electrical, yes, there are challenges with electric electrical, also, but we have steel industry in Sweden, we have a lot of things. But at the same time, I guess to do it fully and to do it fast enough, to do it on a global area. Also, we need the political political framework to go faster. Mm-hmm. Of course, every time we have a, for example, the COP meetings and so on, there is a bit of a disappointment on the political uh, level, on yeah. the global level. While at the same time, you feel more and more that industrial companies are moving faster mm. because the consumers are requesting it. So hopefully, hopefully we will see more actions. Uh, and it's sad to say, it, but prob- hopefully, I mean, with all the consequences now, with, with all the problems you see in the world, yeah. hopefully you will get a bit more attention on it.
0: Mm. Do you believe that we're going to achieve the... Agenda for sustainability development goals twenty thirty.
1: Yeah, super I, honest. Yeah, I I don't I, the, the honest answer is probably that I don't really know. I, I mean, I listen as you probably to a lot of experts, and there are different opinions. And um, well, we will we will do our utmost <laughs> to make it happen. And I think if I see what happened. The four years I've been in Afri, where I've been more aware of this, I see big. I have seen big changes. That makes me positive. Mm. So I, I hope.
0: So you're positive.
1: I'm positive. I'm I'm positive. I'm positive. Mm. Mm.
0: And I see, like recently, the last years, you did Afri did so many collaborations mm. in order to make things happen. Mm. For instance, the the Gapminder. Yeah. And I saw, like, Bill Gates tweeting about it. It was so yeah, cool. It's cool. So uh, what is the message? Or tell us about Gapminder and what is the message that you want to deliver?
1: Well, first of all, I had the chance to listen to Hans Rosling 2011. I was at Sandvik at that time, and I was like, wow. <laughs> and then um, uh, realizing now about how much information you get and about the problem we have with facts. and Knowing that to make a decision you need to get facts, it was not so difficult for us to come to a conclusion that it would be great to work with Gapminder and support their mission, mm. but that actually supports our mission too. Then, so of course the idea is then to support them, especially then maybe focusing on on uh, sustainability areas to make sure that we understand where what is going on in the world and that you can that you can look on facts in a, in a way that you can easily understand it, and that's where they are experts in. So um, we are working with them to, to to create a lot of tests. And uh, there's a lot of challenge them to, there's a lot of noise around, there's a lot of information, <laughs> but they have a good uh, mission, how to make the world a bit better by making facts clear. Mm. Uh, that's what we will, that's what we are doing with them. So it fits perfectly what we are doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you take the test?
1: I did the test and uh, I've been improving. I did the test several times <laughs> and I improved. But I have to say that I was not great in the beginning. Mm.
0: So you had another image about the world.
1: Yeah, I probably felt in in one <laughs> way. I probably felt that the world was in some areas in, in worse shape than I thought. Mm. So that's also the mm. interesting. That some the questions I was completely wrong. Some I was or in line, but it made me think a bit. Yeah. Th- so so you said, are you optimistic? I have to say, when you look on some of them, I have also seen that in some areas, the world have improved quite fast also. Mm. When it comes, to, of course, now we have the COVID, but in some areas with health and yeah. vaccine and, and, and so on, we are improving. But of course, when it comes to the, the climate uh, change, the global heating, mm. And the fact that we don't really know what we have started, that's a bit, uh, of course, worrying.
0: Yeah. And for all the listeners, I will uh, put the link in the episode description so you can take the test and see if you...
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice test.
0: Do you have an advice for them before they start? No,
1: (laughs) just don't get too disappointed. (laughs) But do the test. I really encourage you to do the test. Yeah. It's a great test and it goes very fast to do it.
0: That's true. And it's very... They work a lot on the gamification of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, v- it's fun.
1: Yeah, it's fun. And uh, yeah.
0: yeah, And o- also a like never stops recently also the new collaboration with Norwen Foundation. Mm, mm. So like oh, it's all about entrepreneurship, mm. digitalization. Mm. Why it's so important and why, why you're doing this collaboration?
1: Again, it goes hand in hand to what we do because what I like with A3 is that yes, we're a listed company and we deliver shareholder returns and so on. But The DNA of AFE is also to make the society a bit better. Hmm. And I like that so much that we have a chance not only to deliver good, you know, a good uh, investment to share. We also, we are at the same time, hand in hand, making the society a bit better. Hmm. And that is something that all companies now need to relate to. And Norshön have this great idea about using the entrepreneur power the tech ideas to make the world a bit better. So what we said is that if we can use a bit of our, our fantastic skill set to support some of these fantastic entrepreneur-driven companies that is actually on the way to, 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 to deal with some of these questions, it's it's perfect with our mission to accelerate the transition to, uh, towards a sustainable society. So it goes with our mission to do that.
0: You're, you're moving the engineering and the, the, the designers toward more entrepreneurship, digitalization, mm. tech, mm. world, is it something like AFRI is aiming to continue with or is it like the new identity or how, how do you see this?
1: Mm. We need to be clear that all companies need to, to change uh, because the world around us is changing. Uh, so yes, we will have more of that in the AFRI moving forward and we will invest more in that. But that do not mean that we leave the past And it does not necessarily mean that that is more important. But if you don't do that to complement what we have, we will actually uh, miss a bit on the momentum. And being a company with so much more people, seeing that the world and the potential we have on digital solutions is evolving, it's fantastic for us. That more and more of the future offering and optimization can be digital it fits AFRI perfect mm. since we do not have those big factories and physical tools and stuff like that. So um, it's less about uh, what we should not do right now. It's more about moving into the future with open mindset. And I I actually want to have an AFRI where you know no thought should be too too big. You know, if you could create a company where you're allowed to think big, of course yeah. we need to deliver profit next month yeah. and next year. Yes, yeah, clear. But let's think big. Exactly. So the question is mm. with all the transitions in the world right now, with all the segments electrification, sustainability, digitalization, 16,000 engineers across a lot of countries that is in need, what could we be? If you're open minded, yeah. if you're willing to change, we could be something even more fantastic. And that's what we are trying to explore. How offensive could we go into the future? Exactly. How bold. How bold can we be? Exactly. And of course, it's a balance because we can't just say, let's make an experiment and and let's see in five years. We also need to deliver a bit more stable in the next coming years. But for sure, Mm -hmm. we will do our utmost to uh, challenge the, the framework yeah. of what we can do because yeah. we are living in super interesting times
0: mm. do you see that in the future we're going to have more robots taking the jobs of engineers designers and the others like wha- you know like this yeah. this question coming always the future and uh, the artificial intelligence and so on what do you, what do you see
1: yeah. I, I see that. I guess there are so many reasons, but I see, of course, that AI as such will play an important role in in, in complementing a, some of the analyzing works that we have done before, and you can get results that you never seen before. But I'm not I'm not maybe super over concerned that it will take over. But well implemented, it will for sure complement and support growth, mm. optimization, and end of the day, the AI. Uh, way of doing thing, things will also support the sustainability because somehow, and I, you know, I've been in big factory mm. operations. I mean, in my last assignment, I had 60 factories around the world. Wow, and of course, when we optimized those factories, we did that with quite primitive tools, even though we used uh, computers. But when you start to connect the dots, you will see patterns to be able to optimize reduce energy optimize output at end of the day will play into the whole sustainability agenda. so in that way ai uh, rightly played will be a big enabler for dele- developing sustainable solutions as everything if you misuse it yeah, it will be yeah. bad but if you use it uh, the good way it will be really good
0: exactly this is what i wanted like how to summarize what you said is it about how do you place your machine or yeah, how yeah, to use it yeah yeah mm. and From the future cities, I would love to take you back in the past. If you, if we take the time machine, now you're allowed to go back in time and change one thing related to our cities, from like more urban planning, design, architecture point of view. Okay, what will you change?
1: So, so this is just in a city context, exactly. Otherwise, there's a lot of things you would (laughs) like to change, probably. But
0: we stick to the cities. Yeah. Okay. So, when, uh, what is the time that you're going?
1: Well, I, I can't, I, you know, as I told you, Mustafa, the city thinking concept is, for me personally, still in 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 learning mode. Mm. So we have so many experts listening to this, probably. So I don't want to. But my my only, I go on my stomach feeling. When I look on cities, and of course you have the different area areas, the 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 million program in Sweden that is looking really not that nice right now, but. If it's anything, I think these green areas that I came into in the beginning, that I like the green areas in cities. Mm. And of course, sometimes you optimize and you want to have people and and offices. But if this was anything, I would probably try to regulate a bit uh, how much green areas do you need to have in cities?
0: Okay, so you change the the green <laughs> yeah. the the green spaces, more green spaces.
1: Yeah, that's a simple answer on a complex question. Mm. But I, I will I will stick. To that.
0: <laughs> let's 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 uh, explore more your relationship with cities. So, yeah. you what is your favorite public space? Do you have a specific one that you, like you went when you wake up you will be like ah oh, I want to go there.
1: No, I, I, I will maybe be born, but um, I, I still come back to the green areas because in cities where I feel the best is when I am. So so this is, that's where I am. If it's in New York, I like to, to be in Central Park and run. Or if I'm in London, it's the parks. And and um, uh, so the green areas I, I come back to, I, I really like them. But then I want to leave some, one area that I actually happened. It was my partner, uh, who is uh, Julia, who I live with, who is half French. We were in Paris, and she, she knows that city very well. Mm. And there's a fantastic park. It's called Coulevert, I think. Probably wrong answer. And that is, um, it, this is a four and a half kilometer old railway space going on a high level. Mm. It starts uh, somewhere around the place, the Bastille, and it goes four and a half kilometer and that was an old railway wow. built somewhere in 1860. They have now used that to create a four and a half kilometer um, park, uh, walking, running space across wow. the city. So you walk on a four or five meter uh, and they have this fantastic uh, with a lot of green areas and you just can look on the city from wow. above. And it's just an amazing thing how they transform something industrial to a green area. Mm. And I just thought of that in Stockholm, that from Hagaparken, go do something where you can walk in a, in a space. I like I like that. Yeah, so my yeah. answer to you, this long answer, is that <laughs> the public spaces I love the most in mm. cities are the green areas. The green the areas. Parks, yes. Mm. And I like them a lot. So.
0: That's amazing. Mm. So do, do you have a favorite city?
1: Um I traveled a lot and i seen yeah. a lot of cities. You know how many cities you have been? No, but I, especially in the times in, in Vic, I was a lot, lot in Asia and uh, all these nice uh, cities like uh, other countries. Uh, but you know, the answer will be right now be Stockholm. Really? Yeah. Of course, you know, New York and you can be in Paris and you can be in in fantastic cities and in, in Tokyo and so on. But actually Stockholm. And why? I, I'm living now in Stockholm since two two and a half year, and I, especially in the summer, I love Stockholm. It's a so beautiful city, of course. A lot of challenges in Stockholm, yeah. But um, Stockholm is a really really nice city. What what
0: what is a beautiful city for you mean like? Can well, you mention some? like
1: No, but for me of course there's part of the central Stockholm that I don't necessarily like that much but you know <laughs> when you take your bicycle and you you look in you you, you bicycle around Djurgården and you can go kilometers after kilometers again in the green areas <laughs> and you have the water. Yeah. I'm a really I enjoy to be close to the water and how you see the interaction of the city, the green areas and the water in mm. Stockholm. Mm. It's really beautiful. That's,
0: that's very. I I, agree. I totally agree with you. Mm. Do you have a favorite building then?
1: Oh uh, um, yeah, that was a good question. Also, and <laughs> also, I, li- I like, and I don't really, but I li- like stadiums. Okay? Stadiums? Yeah, like uh, uh, Stockholm Stadium, in, okay. uh, for example. First time I came to Stockholm, probably I was at a, a, a sport event. I was a young kid, and I loved <sighs> that. And I remember they talked about having the Olympics there, and it's also a nice mm. architecture. In, in, and then... Thinking of it, I've been in Gothenburg. There's a big stadium called Ullevi. Yeah. I've been in a lot of soccer games. I've seen Bruce Springs in there. I like that. Nice. Uh, you know, if you go to Barcelona, Camp Nou, sure. i seen Barcelona. So actually, more and more, I think of it. Um, uh, or, um, or if you're in New York and you go to to um, uh, different stadiums, I, I like them. That's so amazing. So that's something where I think of when I go to cities. I like that. Then, of course, there are other <laughs> big <laughs> Yeah. If an I answer, I will, I will stick. Yeah. yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And let's see. Where can we find Jonas during a normal working day, evening time? Like, what do you do? Let's see.
1: Yeah, I, I'm really not that interesting. I probably have done a bit of a training, and then I'm uh, sitting with my partner, looking on a nice net Netflix series. <laughs> so I, you know, I like to stay at home. My 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 kids are getting a bit older right now, so they have their own adventures. Mm. So. Um, yeah, being at home and, you know, just your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And where can we find you on a Saturday at 11 in the morning? What do you do?
1: Yeah, we are probably on, on the way. So either we are on the way out to, to do a walk or bicycling or going to the, the, to the country place, or I'm on my way to training. I'm probably um, already dressed where my partner likes <laughs> to have a longer breakfast and I'm <laughs> waiting for her, or I'm on my way on myself. So... She will probably laugh, but part of eleven o'clock I'm waiting for her, or i'm on <laughs> we are already <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: by the way, like you're you're always active mm. yeah you 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 never take
1: a rest, yeah, yeah i do, i do uh, but that, and I do it more and more, but uh, I like to do things, and um, but yes, I also as i said uh, uh, w- evening in the, in the week, probably we are just laying in the sofa and looking mm. on on, as I told you, a serious or something. Yeah. like that. But but at the same time, I, I like to 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 I, I like sports still, and uh, yeah. What,
0: what what are what are your hobbies, Jonas? Yeah.
1: I don't really have a hobby. Uh, well, I have a motorcycle. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. Oh. I did that a lot when I was a kid, so I, I picked that up now just to feel the the air <laughs> and so on. I do, a, uh, I do, as I said, I do a bit of sport. I like skiing still. I like water sport and, and and so on. So I guess that is the hobby. And then, then you know, family time.
0: Did you develop a new hobby during that pandemic?
1: Not really. Mm-hmm. I probably the motorcycle was something that I picked up. Mm. Um, uh, and also, I started to look into some. I don't want to say I. I like veteran motorcycles.
0: Okay, this is like the special.
1: Yeah, I started to look at it at least, but not really anything new. Uh, not really anything.
0: Could it be like a best birthday gift for you?
1: Could be. That's a good uh, that's a good Julia thing. you need yeah, to listen. That's to a, That's a very good thing. That could be a perfect birthday. But but I have to say that um no I I probably just um for many years and still work have been part of my hobby. I have hmm. been privileged to do also because my decision, I always this. I I also did the jobs that I was passionate about. Coming yeah. back to passion. Now I I have maybe more you know looking on the balance between private and, and job because you can't let the job absorb you. That's also mm-hmm, not good. Mm. So so now
0: I have mm-hmm. one million dollar question. How do you keep the work life balance? Where's the limit? Because you know, I'm asking this because this is very important. Like we architects, designers, engineers. You have big challenges at the same time, the private life. So wh- how do you keep the balance? Any advice?
1: I think, first of all, myself, I have learned that by probably experience. And I would be honest to you to say to you that 10 years back when I was you know, 15, I was probably not the best role model on work-life balance. And I did a lot of mistakes then. Um, I was so absorbed in, in these um fantastic rewards that you're getting when you do something at work. Uh, but actually I learned it um, by mistakes and over the years mm. that it is so important. And it's a long journey, you know, the yeah. work, work things. And uh, now, right now, I think I I just know how I work. That means that I need to look at it all always. So that's why you asked me, what do you do uh, a normal uh, weekday evening? Normally, I am not working. If you would ask me fifteen years back, I probably would have said, "Well, I'm sitting with a computer doing something." Yeah. Yes, there are times and weekends yeah. that you have to do it, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. So I just know that my my body, how I how how I am sharp on the topic. I just need to have space to meet family, to yeah. meet friends, to train, to have a social life. You need to care for your family because end of the day, mm-hmm. I learned that also that it's not the job that you're married to. So when, the, when, mm-hmm. it, when it gets tough, it's the family that matters. True. So you just need to care for, for that. And that's an advice that even if you get that fantastic reward and you're in the middle of the career, just keep an eye on uh, having enough time for your other part because yeah. it will make you better at exactly. work.
0: Because this is what I'm thinking about. Like, In order, let's say, to create a sustainable cities. We need to be sustainable within ourselves yeah. first. Yeah. So we can deliver a truly sustainable yeah. city. I,
1: I have a big hope in the next, next or the coming generation because mm. I have a feeling that there's a higher awareness. Mm. And it is not as cool to work 24 7. When I, a few years back now, when I graduated, partly the, 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 it was cool to be working all the yeah. time. You were needed and okay. uh, there was a generation above that kind of indirectly expected <laughs> that and i think it's not the way anymore
0: but well, that's that's good no that the new generation it's is very not very good and
1: yeah. i like so much because at afri of course we we have a lot of super ambitious good young people and they put a lot of pressure on us and me as leader to have a modern way of leading mm. that has changed and i like that so much that's I'm amazing very, it's that, very healthy
0: that's amazing to hear so Can you tell us what motivates you to wake up and to work? Is there?
1: Well, I think there's so many things. We talked about AFRI, and I think it's obvious that it is a very big motivation to be in, 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 in AFRI and looking at the big topics, what we are doing as a company. But then for me personally, I think it is end of the day, the people interaction. It is when you can drive change and when you can also see people grow. That is what motivates me, and, and then I can tell you that in the pandemic, when you're when you're more need to work on teams meeting, some of that I had to find new ways of getting that motivation mm-hmm. because after ten teams meeting from morning to end, it, it's it's sometimes <laughs> you need to. But now I also think that all of us then in the post pandemic, hopefully yeah. we just need to find that balance of using the new way of. Teams and these meetings combined exactly, and that's very motivating. So
0: it's very interesting. I'm happy to talk to you as a, you're as a leader, as an engineer, as many things, uh, as a human in a city. But I, before we go to the last section of this episode, if you were not a human, if you were an animal mm. in a city mm. or in the forest, which animal will you choose?
1: Well, that. Uh, that's a question I never ever had before. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, you and, must.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, and this is probably because I, I saw some really interesting, uh, and you know, what animal? Uh, uh, and then I will answer just from my stomach because it's just on my. I will I will say which maybe I will say a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you did not expect <laughs> no that. Not, not penguin <laughs> no because you, you could talk about uh, like a leon or leon you know jepard <laughs> running fast or something so why i saw a few things about penguins that i like so much first of all they're smart ones mm. um they have a hell of an endurance so mm. they are and what i saw so they are extremely protected on their kids because they need to protect that egg for so long exactly. time in extreme cold to make mm. it happen, and actually the uh, so so, and th- they are very good in water. <laughs> yes, uh, they have a problem because million years back they could actually fly, mm. but uh, and and it seems to be uh, just a nice animal that people likes. You know, a penguin. <laughs> you you can't, of course. I, I no, you cannot uh, dislike or no. hate. So. And I saw, uh, again, some really nice facts about penguins recently, even before I was asked to your pod. (laughs) So I will right now say, I would like to be a penguin. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: that's what's super funny. Yeah. But very interesting answer, actually. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the end of this Mm -hmm. episode. I'm very inspired by you. So I would love to thank you so much for giving your valuable time to record the episode. And let's finish... This inspiring episode with you giving us three takeaway messages to the listeners. We have many listeners from mm. many countries. What will Yunus give us?
1: You know, first of all, thank you for having me, Mustafa. Then uh, you have to understand. I told you before, I don't really see myself that interesting. So, but mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping well, you are a penguin. Now. Yeah, I'm a penguin. Maybe <laughs> that's But uh, three takeaways. I feel always a bit embarrassed because who am I to say? But I think what I learned is that we can all make we can all make a difference. I think you ask me politicians or not, but I think we can make a difference. We just need to, you can, you can also, you need to, you need to to believe that you can, you can meet your dreams. You can, you can do that. And and then I think we can be brave. I think easy said, Uh, and I think, we need to f- figure out to do this together then to, 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 to with our teams and with our closest we can do it together. So I think you, you should be. Sometimes I get questions about career choices and I can honestly say that every new opportunity I have said yes to because I have been passionate about that, that will be fun. Mm. Less about career planning. Mm. Uh, so that is still my advice then. But right now, I think that believe in yourself. Uh, you can make a difference. Let's do it all together and be brave.
0: And the pre last question is about you asking us, the listeners. Do you have a question for us? It's your turn to ask us.
1: Um, yeah, I, I would like to hear from the listeners. How can we make... not. The, both the world but also a company like AFRI more inclusive what I mean I think we're on a good journey uh, at AFRI we have it as a really part of our DNA to be inclusive and having diversity Mm -hmm. actually I was I was asked once uh, what is the difference between diversity and inclusion they go come together and I had a good I don't know if you heard that but uh, diversity, that's like you're invited to the party. Okay. But inclusion, that's when you make sure that everybody's invited to dance at the party. Cool. And it's really cool because yeah. sometimes I was a lot, <laughs> you were invited because you have to invite them. Exactly. But when you were at the party, you were just standing in the corner, nobody paid attention to you. True. And at day three, we, we want to invite everybody and we want to make sure that they're all invited to dance. I think the question is what what can we do more mm. to be inclusive and diverse?
0: That's amazing. Good question. And the last question before we leave this podcast studio, what is the next step for you, Jonas?
1: Well, I think first of all we are as we are now gearing getting back to the So first of all I think it's all about figuring out how do we meet the next probably six months in the pandemic then. Um how much so that's with you know But then we have a lot of things coming up. We have the COP26. If you talk about sustainability, we will be very active. We have a big change journey with digitalization on top of our mind. And then I think it is to continue to embrace to all our sections, to all our divisions and business areas, focus on making future, be brave, and jointly together, we will make a difference as a company. We will actually be a leader in supporting a client to become more sustainable.
0: Jonas, thank you so much for inspiring us and I'm looking forward to continue our talk in the future.
1: Thank you so much, Mustafa, for having me. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. You learned something new and also got inspired by the guest don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic. Thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to Urbanistica Podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.